What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Official Visit, the podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. And first and foremost, Happy New Year to everybody. Hope you had a great holiday season. We took a short break. We're ready to come back at you with another episode. Joe, who do we got on the episode today? Today, we got my buddy Jordan Larson. Um, he goes to Northern Illinois University. He's from Dodgeville, Wisconsin. Um, and he's a big boy. He's 6'2", 225, and we get into that aspect of his recruiting story um, in this interview. Um, but we also talk about his time at College of DuPage, where he's a third-team junior college All-American there. Um, Jordan's awesome. Really a great interview, guys. Excited to get this to you and excited that we're back, guys. So let's go. Lars, thanks so much for coming on, man. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. How are you guys? Doing really well. Um, so let's start in high school. You know, I guess kind of always the first question we ask is, when did you first – you know, I guess, know that you were going to play college baseball or want to? And then when did you first start talking to schools? Um, I think, like, the sophomore year of high school was kind of where I decided that I was going to play baseball if I was going to do anything in college. Um, my biggest thing going into college was doing something that would help, like, pay for it. In high school, basketball is my favorite sport. Basketball is the one thing I wanted to do. I love baseball and football as well, but um, baseball was definitely the sport that I knew that I was best at and that if I wanted to keep playing um, to the next level, that it would probably take me the farthest out of any of them. Um, and then I played varsity sophomore, junior, senior year, and then junior year – like sophomore, junior year, I made that jump in athleticism. I grew like four inches, gained like 30 pounds, like puberty did wonders. Um, and I started realizing just like how good I was getting and started really liking it. So I started putting a lot more energy and focus towards baseball. I mean, I still worked hard at the other two, obviously, for myself and everyone else I was playing with, but um, I would say probably like sophomore year was kind of when I realized that I wanted to play that at the next level. So Jordan, I'm curious because I've, I've always wondered this because I only, I only played baseball uh, in high school. I mean, I grew up playing other sports, but for, because did you play football and basketball as long as well as baseball in high school? Yeah. Yeah. Because so I think all of us just, we have an ego and we think that we can go and play at the next level in every sport that we play was, was kind of right around that sophomore year when you hit that growth spurt, was that kind of when you decided like, okay, I'm the best at baseball. I'm going to pursue that. Like kind of what, like walk me through that. Cause I'm curious. Cause I've, I've never experienced that. And we've interviewed a few people that have had that. So I'm just curious what, how to go, how you go about that. So, um, my dad has always like pushed me, my older and younger brother um, at sports since we were a young age and has taught us really well on everything. So we've always been um, probably one of the top athletes, like in our grade level. 
um, all the way through growing up. And then when I finally started like getting bigger, just like, I, I mean, I worked really hard at it so that I always knew that um, I was going to be better just in the sense of I put all the effort, the time, the extra work that not a lot of people did. So I could I started seeing myself um, separate from others, um, especially in baseball. And then it, it really helped when I like grew four inches, um, put some mass on, and I could start driving the ball farther um, than what I used to and everything. And um, with that and just all the extra time by myself with my dad, with other teammates, stuff like that. I started really making that separation from a lot of people and um, really noticed that I could do something with baseball. So uh, that's where a lot of my energy and focus was, was put there my last couple of years of high school. Lars, how, how big were you in high school? Like how big were you, let's say by your senior year, how big were you? Senior year, I was kind of where I'm at now a little heavier uh I was like 6'2 200 uh, like 20 pounds 25 probably 225 pounds in high school gotcha and I liked what you said about you know like as soon as you hit that growth spurt you become a different player um and I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, you have the skill aspect of baseball, but you also need to have the physical aspect of baseball, right? So I think when guys are starting to look and when you're a younger high school player, you have to have a good idea of how big college baseball players are, right? And I think that's the big jump between D1, D2, D3 for the most part is D1. You have some absolute animals, right? So you were six, you were six two, two twenty as an 18-year-old. I was 5'10, 160 as an (laughs) 18-year-old, right? My game completely changed as I got bigger and stronger. Um, but yeah, I mean, just talk about that aspect. I mean, I guess. I'm, I'm assuming your parents are bigger people, not like physically no, no, strong. Yeah, no, I get what but, you're saying. Actually, but, no, my my mom is only like five seven, and my dad's maybe six foot, okay. and he's not a very big guy either. The only person that I compare to is like my uncle on my my mom's side. Is he's the only big guy like me in the family? Mm-hmm. But kind of going along with what you were saying earlier, what helps? with the size and not knowing like if and when you're going to change is just being versatile at different positions. Like my dad had us working all over the field when we were younger, uh, catching, we were all, even my older, oldest brother's a a lefty. He played shortstop till he was 13. Like we, we we are all taught to play different positions because you just don't know. I didn't start playing first base till midway through my sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Um, and then that's obviously where I'm still at now. But like I was up until that summer going into junior year, I was five nine, five ten, a hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty pounds. Like, um, so I, I really wasn't big enough to play first base, especially mm-hmm. if I was going to go on to the next level because 
feel like you were saying, you look at even at junior college teams, like looking at rosters for schools that I was going to, like guys are six four, two hundred pounds, six two, two hundred and thirty pounds. Like you just these big dudes, and I'm like, well, I really got to put you know some work in there because I don't want to show up being a toothpick and not being able to drive the ball anywhere. They're not going to want to put me in the lineup. So, um, and it's just the, the realistic aspect of it is when you look at professional athletes, especially like at the corner position like that, you don't see small guys. You really don't. There's like a handful, a handful, maybe of guys that aren't, um, like massive human beings at the corner, but they have other things that they just do extraordinarily well is, and the reason why they're there. So um, definitely like being in shape and getting to that size that you, you need to be is, is definitely a big part in um, competing in the next level. I, I'm actually glad we brought this up because this was actually something that I never really thought about when I was getting recruited. Like I wasn't, yeah, I, I looked at rosters and stuff, mostly just to see where guys were from. I wasn't really looking at their size and similar to Joe, when I, graduated high school i was five nine buck 65 buck 70 and it up until just right now i never really thought about how much because i mean we all think that we can play wherever we go right but i think that physical aspect of it so jordan i'm curious because your game does change when you when you when you grow that much did you have a conscious shift in the way you approached the game um i mean you already touched on that you were you you grew up being versatile but even at the plate right your your mentality changes like i was never stepping up to the plate like thinking like i'm about to drive this ball 450 feet because i couldn't do it um but i'm (laughs) uh just right over the right over the infield that's that's what i that's what i lived with but uh just tell us about that well, kind of what you just said there. I mean, a big thing is just knowing your role as well. Um, you don't have to be like if if you're not that guy, like if you're not that big guy, don't go up there thinking, okay, I need to drive this ball, you know, this far. Depending where you're at in the order, I mean, as basically every baseball guy knows, girl knows, whatever. Um, each spot in the lineup has their duty like their role. So um, just knowing what your role is, especially at whatever level you're at um, is big, but in the sense of like uh, your plate appearances and stuff like that, each level changes dramatically because the pitching gets better. So the way you come up to the plate from where (laughs) I was, even from junior college to now to high school to junior college, it's completely different. The pitching is 10 times better. Um, and in high school, you can get away with, like for me, in like junior, senior year, I could get away with cheating, you know, for that, that pitch because I know no one's going to really blow me away with anything. They don't have like a extremely filthy off-speed pitch that's going to get me. So going up to the plate, you can, you can kind of get away with that. But um, – you definitely have to focus up more in like in college that I've had to 
Um, I had a pretty successful junior college career. So the confidence was always really, 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 really high. And that's one thing you have to have when hitting. Because um, if you go up to the plate with anything other than you're going to do your job, um, you're going to – I mean, it's – every hitter's different. They have that one thing that kind of gets them gets them going. I don't know, Joe, what yours is. I'm sure you have something that you think of when you go up to play. But mine mine usually is – if I don't have like a – I mean, every time you come up, you have a specific job to do at the plate. But um, if they're, if I'm struggling or something like that, my big thing is just um, making hard contact with the baseball is literally all it is. You know, I'm not trying to do too much with it. I'm not trying to overthink and put, put it somewhere where I know I'm probably not going to. Um, so I don't know what Joe, what you do, especially at the professional level now, um, how that's changed for you. But just having that mental approach, it, it definitely changes from high school to junior college to D1, D2, D3, wherever yeah. you may be. So I think this is a fascinating topic. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many angles. There, there, yeah. there are really so many angles. But even, you know, like I'm just trying to hit the ball hard. But in terms of like Jared asked, you know, when did you become conscious of what you were now be able, being able to do, right, with with, yeah. the, with the growth spurt. Um, Jared knows him. He's one of our good friends from Chapman. And I'm going to tell the story of Hank Zeisler. So Hank comes into Chapman, and he's 5'10", probably 180, 5'10", 180, right? And he's a small kid playing second base, decent, not very athletic, but, you know, he has good bat-to-ball skills, right? All of a sudden, nine months into his sophomore year. Yeah, his sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Hank's, Hank's starting to develop a little more physically. Um, he, gets, he gets a couple starts at the beginning of the year. He starts going off, and then he hits a hard slump, right? So he just gets in the weight room. And from probably September of his sophomore year to, I think it was mid-April, Hank's just working in the weight room. But as soon as he got benched, he started to hit the weight room even harder. He goes, you know, I don't have to be ready to play. I'm just going to keep developing physically. And that's what he did, right? So he puts on 40 pounds, no, 50 pounds in nine months. Goodness. 50 pounds. <laughs> and, <clears throat> you know, Hank, I think one of our other players was struggling. Hank gets a start after being benched for a while. And our coach goes up to him and goes, Hank, you're 5'10", 225, 230 now. You're a power hitter. And Hank, he's just like, what? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, he's he's a gun, and he hits five bombs with BP over there. Probably, I think they're both in right center field, probably one hit off the batter's eye, right? And it was like that moment where it clicked, you know, where it was just like, whoa. Like, for Hank, it was he had developed – so much physically but his but mentally his approach hadn't changed right. which was which was holding him back um and it's crazy because with a, a guy who can develop ooh, who has developed physically like that what is what does a mental change like that do for them and i'm right. thanks a dude now um so i mean it's just a fascinating conversation we've been having but right Lars, i do um, want to go ahead just like one quick thing that's super important from that story is like how important it is to always be ready as well mm -hmm. um and that kind of stems off from what i said of like knowing your role 
Like you could, our coach says this all the time. Like he can only start nine guys, but you can have a whole team of dudes. Like I'm sure at Chapman, you guys have a whole team of dudes, but you can only, you can only start nine guys. So sometimes your role may be just like that pinch runner in the eighth or ninth inning. That's got to get to second base. Um, you got to be that pinch hitter, you know, that good stick that comes off the bench because coach trusts you in that situation. Like, um, there, I see too many people who pout and don't um, and don't stay in the game when they see that their name isn't on the lineup card or like in the starting nine. So always being ready on the bench because you never know, especially with injuries like uh, Thunder Bay when we were there. My first day there, um, I you obviously usually don't play because of all the traveling and stuff, and Jake – hurt his thumb like the fourth inning mm -hmm. of that game and I just had to start like I came in that game and started like the next 15 because the Jake's thumb like things yeah. like that you just never know what's going to happen so definitely knowing your role and always being ready to come in is is crucial and it shows that uh you know the game and that you're truly paying attention you're there for your team so right hey guys cutting in real quick want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor over at hyped apparel they offer great athleisure workout gear, super comfortable and great performance, whether you're working out, whether you're going on walks, runs, or just sitting at home during quarantine. So go check out Hyped Apparel at hypedapparel.com. What gets you hyped? Right. Lars, uh, great story, but I want to go into your junior college route. Um, you had a really impressive JC career third team junior college all-american at college of dupage but you know you hit 508 as a senior you know why so why you had the success in high school why why go the jc route so i'm not huge on doing all of these like showcases camps things like that and just throwing your money out there left and right it's good if you know where you're putting your money towards and stuff like that. So I think my biggest thing that hurt me was I didn't put my name out there early enough to be seen by a lot of people. I mean, if you're good, you're going to be seen, obviously. Um, but like in the summers, I never did like AU ball. I didn't play with like, other. I just did like our, um, high school like travel league that we did during the summers so like we were never in any like major tournaments we didn't travel a whole bunch across the country anything like that so and my big thing was I had that narrow mindset of d1 or bust kind of thing in high school which is a completely wrong way to look at it um I like, and a lot of B1s, the only way you can go in your own to be seen by people that way. Um, so I had that, but also my big thing was, is I wanted to play right away. Like I, I'm from a, like a smaller town. I mean, our teams have always been good and I've always been good enough to be like a starter, but I didn't want to go to a place where I was going to be told I was going to ride the bench. I mean, unless I like really, really like that school, obviously I'm going to come in and I'm going to work hard to try and win that position. 
Um, but there was a couple of schools that I was like recruited by and they're like, we just don't see you as someone who's going to come in immediately or probably take a couple of years. Um, and I, like, I get that, but that wasn't really what I was looking for. Um, and so, and I didn't really know much about junior college until about my senior year. My dad played a tremendous part in this and looking at schools and everything that, so I, I sent out hundreds of questionnaires to different schools and junior college felt like it was the best route for me because it's competitive and there's you know, that going to a junior college and being able to play right away, but also getting better as a player because their big thing not only is winning, but developing you as a player yourself to get you ready for that next level. So I just thought junior college was definitely the best route for me. And I'm so glad I went that route. I, I do want to ask because we've, we have talked about in previous episodes, showcases and tournaments and, and the money and stuff like that. Do you, do you regret not going to those? I mean, um, for where you're at right now, but like looking back on it, do you wish you would have gone to a few or are you, are you still glad that you didn't go that route? Uh, I definitely wish I uh, went to a couple more, you know, I, the first real one that I went to was like my sophomore year of college to help getting looked at by um, bigger colleges. So I definitely wish I went to a couple that um, just to get my name out there and just for some teams to see me. um, I definitely wish I did in that aspect. Uh, It it obviously worked out um, because I'm here now, but I credit that also to um, how much I work at the game. Um, I don't like settling by any means. I'm always trying to find a way to get better. So Um, it definitely, but I definitely do wish, yeah, that I went to a couple just to see if I could find some other schools to maybe find that one place, you know, kind of like Joe where he was at Chapman, I think, right, Joe, you were at Chapman the whole time. Yeah. So, um, that's also nice because you got four years to be with guys, but I, I wouldn't give up anything for the junior college life. So, but yeah, so Lars, you mentioned your dad had a pretty big part of your decision to play junior college at first. You know, what was he saying to you at that point of your senior year of, hey, like this is a good option? Like what were the reasons he was putting he was he was saying that? Well, I can't explain how um how many schools he looked at, both junior college and then division one, two, three. Um, if there was a school in the country that was remotely interested in a first base, my dad was going to find it. Um, and so after looking and like, it also depends on who you hear back from. Like there's so many schools you're not going to hear back from. That's one thing you just, you can't let affect you, you know, like it, it, it is what it is. Like some schools don't need a first base or anything like that. So after like talking to some coaches as well, both like four year and junior college, it just, he, we both understood that it just sounded like it was a right choice to, to go junior college. Like you're still obviously going to school, um, which you, you honestly take the same classes 
that you do at a, a four year at junior college for a quarter of the price. So it's not, it's not like you're really missing out on the education aspect of it. Cause your first couple of years are full of gen eds anyways, unless you're like, um, an accelerated learner and you're already past your grade level and that it could be different, but, um, so it just made sense. You got to play right away. Um, and COD the year before I got there, they had won like 52 games or something out of mm-hmm. like the 60 total that they played. Like they had like a 52 and six season or something like, like some unreal, like, um they had like two or three all-americans as well on that team but even in years prior to that like they were just known for winning and their big thing is they always hit really well they're well above 300 as a team always so i I knew going in like i'm gonna learn how to hit even better than what i was doing in high school and that was that was huge for me um especially in junior college when you go there to develop as a hitter uh, um seeing that it just like the numbers spoke for themselves. So it it just seemed like a pretty easy choice for me. And he, my dad made it uh, pretty clear that like, that this should be the route for you to go, especially after recruiting trips, when we talked to some four year coaches. So what, what were some of those hitting development aspects of, of COD? I mean, we've I think a lot of the people that we've talked to on this podcast who have developed their offensive game at the next level has been majority driven by their own willingness to get better um but so what what was that development like at College of the Page so uh one thing that was actually kind of cool about COD um, and I'm sure other schools did it too, but with how much we spent time, you know, with baseball, they, uh, actually offered it technically as like a class, but in order for that to be like a three credit class, you had to hold like, um, actual like classes, like once a week, twice a week. And when we had those, it was all mental approaches of hitting. And I think that's just as important, if not more important than physical aspects. So having those class periods of talking different approaches, you know, in different counts, where, where are you at in the order? What does that mean? What kind of hitter do you need to be? All that kind of stuff. But then in the physical aspect of it, there'd be days where you wouldn't even need your glove. Like you showed up to the facility and we're hitting for three hours, um, which is good and bad I think at the same time it's good because you're getting your hacks in, you're getting your looks but at the same time um it's bad to create I think in my opinion I think it's bad to create um a tired swing where your hands drag you start um opening up too early you start creating bad habits that you don't want but in in the aspect of going to the facility and hitting there's always different drills we were doing in the multiple different cages that we have. There's machines there to work on bunting situations, you know, different hitting situations. Um, And then you get that one-on-one with each coach in the cage when you step in to hit. So if there's something that's going on, they can let you know right away. It's not like it's one coach uh, looking at 
30 some guys every time you step in a cage it's a one-on-one so you're always um you're always learning if there's something that they see they let you know right away um and then they're they're on page with everything which was i think is also key because if you have multiple coaches telling you different things like you're confused (laughs) you're always overthinking about which one you need to do things like that um so and i don't know how it is for you Joe, now that you're um, in, in the organization with Pirates and everything, but I'm sure they got that one guy that they really – that you really listen to, um, or if there's multiple, they're all pretty much on the same page. And I think that's just – that's key. Um, so Yeah. I mean, it's it's cool to hear about called you DuPage because, I mean, everything that you've said in terms of the winning aspect, but also just – that culture and that environment of everyone's going to get better. You know, I think the coolest part about JC is not that guys don't care about their academics. I'm sure guys do, but guys are there and it's like, I'm going to get better at baseball. You know, like it's, it's really cool to hear um, because that's what you're there to do. Like you're, you're going all in on development. And I think that's, you know, if, I, I loved my time at Chapman, but, you know, I was, I was very focused on my academics and I don't think that there's a bad part about that, but I think a lot about, no. you know, what happens if I would have went a hundred percent every single day for four years, mm-hmm. you know, like there, I, I don't think I, I really truly did that. I worked hard and yeah. Um, but there, the guys who go JC Every single day they wake up, you know, it's, it's pretty inspiring that they, you know, it's, they're going to go out there and get better. Um, So, I mean, the more I I listen to guys who went the JC route, the more I'm like, sometimes I kind of wish I went JC. Yeah. There's, there's that mentality. Definitely a grind, man. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely, and you can tell a difference too. When you look at a four-year school, you can see the difference between, a junior college guy and a four-year guy and it's not like bad or anything but you just see that extra grittiness Mm -hmm. and that extra you know fight in somebody because that's literally what you're at junior college is what you're doing you're fighting to to play but also make it to the next level and but you can make the same argument when you go to a four-year too like especially if you're serious about playing so um i want to get into your time of uh, at uni um but I mean, you had a good year at College of DuPage. What were the options looking like for, you know, four-year schools for you after you go off in JC? Um, so I didn't have a lot of like, I committed kind of, I wouldn't say early, but it wasn't um, like in prime, I would say recruiting time or like the recruiting period. Uh, um, I didn't have a lot of Division One schools. A lot of them were, especially in the Chicago land area. There's a lot of NAIA schools, um, and there's nothing wrong with going there too. But I still kind of had that mindset of playing like a a D1, D2, you know, high level program. And um, I also wanted to go somewhere where, like, I felt at home you know, and actually felt like, like they want me here. And 
there's other schools I obviously talked to. There's a couple of different offers, stuff like that. Um, but NIU, especially um, a, a couple of the assistants, they were constantly, you know, at games watching, constantly reaching out. And it wasn't even about baseball. It was just about, you know, life, you know, school, you know, it could be relationships, um, family, anything like that. And I think that's most important when looking for that, you know, that permanent home, so to speak, uh, is going somewhere where you, where you feel comfortable at, um, whether it doesn't matter if it's D1, D2, D3, NAIA, what makes you feel at home and where you think you're going to get the best out of like your situation there. Um, and that's one thing I kind of wish I would have thought about. I mean, doing that D1 or bus idea in high school, it obviously drove me to be the best player that I could be. But um, I definitely don't regret coming here. Um, the relationships I made here has been unreal. The baseball is fun here. We got good a good team. Um, we just need a full season to be able to prove it. You know, last year we we were like seven and ten early, but we had a, a good non-conference start, and it was just the minor mistakes that cost us. But looking at it, I, I don't regret coming here. Um, and then, like I said, I kind of re- chose early, so schools that were like, hey, we're kind of interested, we'll, we'll just wait, we'll come, like, watch you. It just felt right here. So I I committed early. And um, so – which was also nice because then that pressure's off your back and I got to play the rest of my sophomore year just focusing on playing ball because I already had, you know, that home. It, I didn't, like, s- slack off or anything by any means, but it's just, it's just that nice um, – weight that's lifted off your shoulders and you can really just focusing on your team and you know doing well so hey guys want to give a shout out to our guy coop at chin music uh guys i keep telling you about these bat decals baseball season's coming up you guys gotta grab a couple for your bats um they're awesome fully customizable bat decals check out www.chinmusic.store and enter code official for 20% off your order. Chin Music, your bat, your story. Now back to the interview. Definitely. Well, it's it's funny for for everyone listening who has listened to many of our, our podcasts, feeling comfortable and the right fit seems to be the same thing that comes out of everybody's mouth. So if if it hasn't been driven home yet, um, right. let it be now. But when when you say right. feeling comfortable, um, because that, that could be so many things. That could be where you're at, close to home, uh, the people. Um, but you, you talked about earlier when we were talking about when you visited with some other some other schools was was the comfort level that you felt was that a majority of the coaches caring about you on those visits um yeah to an extent i mean in a way i know they don't like you don't get paid or anything like that but in a way it's kind of like a business though where they still got to sell their pitch to um, explain to you why they think like their school is the best fit for you. And so you're going to, 
kind of to a certain extent, no matter where you're looking at. Um, so going there on like a physical recruiting trip also, I think is big. Um, because you, you can see where your possible home is now for the next, you know, two to, you know, five years, depending on where you're at in your, um, what high school, Juco, whatever. So I think that's big as well. Um, and I think it depends with the coaches, like how well you establish that relationship right away. Um, like it, it was just very smooth right away between, um, coach Stewart, our like, um, head assistant hitting coach, coach Mackey, the pitching coach and like head recruiter. Um, those two right away was big. And then I established a really good, um, relationship with our head coach, Mike Kunagonis right away. Um, which I think was big for me. And then, um, if you can like talk to some of the players, like I know not everybody gets that chance, but like I was able to come to a couple of games and establish relationships. And it was like, I was already a part of the team when I came there. It, it just was a comfortable, uh, transition. So, and then I'm from a small town and DeKalb is in relative size, a small town. Um, it has that feel to it. So it just felt more at home like me, uh, for me, um, like a guy that me and uh, Joe played with, uh, Poppy Hernandez, he like he's down in Miami. Like that's his scene. I, I could never sur survive in a big city like that. And that that would eat me up and chew me up and spit me out. Like I'm definitely a small town kind of guy. So it it definitely uh, it definitely made me feel more, more at home in a place like this. So I was really happy that they liked me as much as I liked it here. So I think that's a huge part. Um, or kudos to you. I mean, for like really understanding what you want. Um, you know, I just think of back to my recruiting story of, you know, like what I wanted out of a college was changing so much. And this kind of goes into my last question of, you know, I think the most successful people who find their fit, you know, I mean, there's some who who kind of stumble on their fit and it just works out perfectly. But when I think about the guys who are really happy at where they're at, they have just a high level of maturity in terms of understanding like themselves and what they want um, and figuring out what's really important to them. You know, I think that social media has shown that there are it, it's great in some aspects but there are a lot of kids who just do it for the retweets do it for the likes and I think that's that's the sad reality of it and mm -hmm. for those kids like you know sometimes it'll work out and sometimes it won't but you know how do you believe that maturity just in general is a huge aspect of you know, picking the right school and making sure you have a successful recruiting process? Uh, it's, I think it's very, it's very big um, because it also kind of leads into the kind of player you're going to be when you're there. Um, if you don't have that maturity and that right focus coming into the school, um, I, it's, it's hard to see people come in who have that kind of mindset of like oh like I'm D1 like 
you know, I'm a big shot and I'm not there to prove anything. You see that early and those kind of players don't last very long. They usually transfer out, quit baseball. Um, but sometimes you find that like rare freak who's just so good that even with that bad mindset, like he's still one of your guys in you. Um, but that's where kind of bad team chemistry comes in as well. But having that good mental um, idea and that maturity of who you are as a guy and knowing what kind of player you are is everything. Um, because then you know exactly what you're looking for uh, in your next school. And I take it as kind of like, it's a weird comparison, but kind of like being in a relationship, you know, you, you know what you're looking for and you know what you want. If you don't, if you're not finding it, then don't, you know, don't uh, like force it or anything. Find that, you know, find that place that fits you well, no matter where that might be, what level it is. Um, so definitely knowing who you are as a player. Um and knowing what you want out of it when you get there is, is everything I think. So. I, I love that we, that we went into that um, both the way Jordan and Joe uh, just phrased that I think was, was perfect. And is something that sometimes isn't really thought about, but Jordan, this is awesome, man. Um, thank you so much for, for coming on here. This was great. This was full of a bunch of great information yeah. and thanks for, thanks for sharing your story and, and, and kicking off the new year with us, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh, it was really fun being on here. It's my first time doing one of these. So it was definitely good. It's definitely a good experience. I appreciate it.